Welcome to the Biblical Entrepreneurship Marketplace Podcast. We're so excited that you can be with us. We're going to be talking about what God is doing in the marketplace. And now, our host, Patrice Seguet. Welcome to the Biblical Entrepreneurship Marketplace Podcast. I'm Patrice Seguet, Chief Sermon Officer of the Nehemiah Project and author of Biblical Entrepreneurship. Today's show is we continue this serious discussion on spiritual warfare, and today we're going to talk about how to uh, how to overcome spiritual warfare through training. You know how training can help individuals uh, to overcome uh, spiritual warfare. Um, we have with us in studio Elizabeth Diane. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you, Patrice. Well, Elizabeth, uh, it is exciting to have you in studio. And uh, what's awesome is that, uh, first of all, Elizabeth is the director of the Nehemiah Training Institute. Um, Elizabeth, you have a background in psychology, right? Yes, uh, I, have a master- I have a master's degree in counseling. In counseling. Mm-hmm. And a uh, business coach. Yes. Um, now director of the, of the institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and essentially, you, um, your experience, both as a counselor and a coach, have really, and as a teacher, you're an amazing mm-hmm. teacher, have kind of come together in this role yes. of the Institute. Yes. So what we want to do today is really continue discussion on spiritual warfare. So let me remind our listeners, um, we kind of gave you seven steps to overcoming spiritual warfare. Um, and, and we're now giving you some tools on how to overcome spiritual warfare because knowing the steps is one thing, mm-hmm. but it's important that um, one understand really how to what resources can be available to help them overcome it. Yes. One of the first steps we said to overcome spiritual warfare, you got to claim your identity. Yes. And then you've got to be prepared for trials and tests. you got to know the tactics of the enemy. And you've got to become uh, be committed to prayer. Uh, you've got to put on the whole armor of God. you got to be wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. And you've got to be committed to unity and oneness with other believers. So th- we're going to talk today with Elizabeth about just um, that, her own personal experience uh, with spiritual warfare, what she's seen with the Biblical Entrepreneurship Training Institute and how that's impacted. But more important than that, how does Biblical Entrepreneurship help one walk, overcome this? So Elizabeth, first of all, give them a little background. Um, what I love about you is that you're a single mother of two mm-hmm. and you've never allowed your circumstance to define your identity. One thing to talk about in here is the idea of identity. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that, because for many Christian believers, um, being a you know learning that one is a single mother or or then themselves being single parent can can be uh, there can be a stigma attached to it okay. in the church and the body of Christ or whatever. But you've not let that define who you are. Um, you very clear about your identity in Christ and on your circumstance. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about that and and how you've been able to rise above what others may stigmatize. Sure. So I think that it goes um, back early on when I first found out I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, the first thing that I chose to do, um, finding out, was I immediately got on my knees and I began to pray. I began to understand that this was something that the Lord was allowing to happen and that her life or my child's life was a gift. So at that point, beginning to separate um, 
my circumstance with my relationship with the Lord mm. and my circumstance with my identity. And I know that God still had a call on my life. And what was really profound is when I was talking to my great grandparents who are now with the Lord, they said, Elizabeth, do not let the devil take your calling away. Amen. That you still have a calling on your life. Wow. And when the devil comes knocking, make sure that you don't answer the door. Hang up the phone when he calls. <laughs> and so I love it. Yeah. So really being able and also I think having a community, having some close people in my life still speaking, God has a calling on you. This is not um, your sin is not who you are. Mm. Your sin does not define who you are. Mm. It's the Lord and your identity in Christ that defines who you are. And so fast forward a few years. Now I'm a mother of two children, um, which has been an exciting journey, a challenging um, journey with that. Um, and I remember sitting in the car and I had just taken my kids to school. I got in the car and just was weeping. Lord, I cannot do this. I can't do this by myself. And the Lord reminded me to declare his scripture and declare his word. And I said, Lord, you are a father to the fatherless. And that is what I need you to be in a tangible way to my children and to our family. And so a few weeks later, the Lord started opening up doors, um, opening up the door to be an executive business coach, opening up the door for them to go to a new private school for us to relocate into a, a really great community. And then it was as I was a business coach that I was introduced to biblical entrepreneurship. Mm. And it was while I was taking biblical entrepreneurship that the Lord began to show me that not all, only do we co-create in business with him, but I'm not a single parent. I am co-parenting with the Lord. Amen. That he is the father, um, but in a very intimate way, he's the father in our family. And so being able to just continue, let that be my identity and let that happen. That is uh, commendable because part of spiritual warfare is, again, the enemy uh, using our circumstances to, to define us. Yes. And your ability to overcome that uh, is not only significant, but also uh, to be commended. And I've watched you walk that out. Now, you also are the single provider of your household. Mm -hmm. uh, your uh, the, their father does not do not contribute. And and that can be difficult as well. Yeah. And you've had to, you know, obviously the state tells you they owe you, mm -hmm. right? And so tell us about that journey because again, going back to spiritual warfare, that journey could be also very difficult one. Yeah. Woe is me, uh, can be victimized, mm -hmm. can also stifle your personal career because you got to balance between work and being a mother and a father. Of course, God is there with yes. you. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that. So absolutely. It can definitely be challenging. Um, yes, the state of Oregon does attempt to pursue child support, and they have done so um, for a number of years, and we have not received it. And my position, there are some people that say, well, you need to get an attorney, and you need to go fight that because that money is yours. You need that money. And I go back to it is the Lord's battle. Mm. It is not mine. The Lord is my provider. A man is not my provider. The Lord is my provider, and he will continue to be my provider. And it is challenging. Um, I think that, you know, wearing the, the hats of provider and homemaker and career and balancing all of these things can definitely be exhausting. And you brought up the point about um, having the mindset of a victim. And there have been times where I start to think, this is too hard. I can't do this. The situation not is, fair. To, is to, it's not fair. It's not right. <laughs> 
and woe is me. But then that's when I start to notice I cycle into like some anxiety and mm. stress and depression. Mm. And I have to I have to step out of it because I really believe that the battle with our identity begins in our mind. And wow. it's how we perceive things and it's how we perceive our relationship with the Lord, um, where we're positioned with the Lord. And mm. it's how we perceive the relationships around us mm. and how we perceive our circumstances. Wow. I love it. I love it. What I love about this is that in spite of the fact that you've done everything on your own, obviously with God's help and community, you're not holding a grudge. Right. Um, Your desire is what's good for the kids because part of spiritual warfare is the enemy. If he can't cause us to uh, identify with our circumstance, he will cause us not to forgive. Right. Right. To be resentful. Right. And in that, even though we think we're winning, we're still losing right. because he got us on the other side. Right. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I think that, um, and I've seen this in other situations where it's almost this power or control mm. um, or battle of control mm. and the kids get stuck in the middle. And so I think the key is being quick to forgive. Does that mean that it doesn't hurt anymore? No. But when I continue to daily make that choice of I'm going to forgive. It is between him and the Lord. Mm. Um, and two, even in my own healing journey and my own therapy, recognizing what did I contribute? What is my responsibility? And what did I do right? Mm. And so, and then recognizing what is their responsibility and that responsibility that they have, the decision to not be an active part in my child's life, mm. that's between them and the Lord. That is not between us and them until they decide to have, take full responsibility and um, to take responsibility and to be consistent. Awesome. Whether it's being a single parent, uh, whether it's uh, a, a work circumstance, whether it's a health circumstance, whatever the circumstance, what we're talking about here is how do you not allow your circumstance to define your identity? How do you not allow your circumstance to cause you to hold your grudge, which hinders your ability to being all that God has called you to do. We're using uh, uh, Elizabeth's life as a model of how she's done it. But as, let me give some definitions of spiritual warfare that we're working with. Uh, we say spiritual warfare is the daily spiritual battle between good and evil that we're, that we're cut in between. So we kind of, it's almost like there's a fist fight going on and we and we take the wrong turn and we find ourselves in the middle of the fist fight. We didn't start it and, and we, we cut. It's a devil's attempt to hinder God's plan for us it is a cosmic war between good and evil. It is the unseen yet felt battle between good and evil. It is a spiritual battle that takes place within us using external tactics to draw us to sin or pervert God's plan for our lives. And you talked about that battle within. But let me ask you this question. As a director of the Institute, you should know something about this. Do you believe that Spiritual warfare is relevant in the marketplace. Why? I mean, yes. we talked about your personal life, but let's talk about the marketplace. What, why do you think it's relevant in the marketplace? Absolutely. I think it's relevant in the marketplace. And the reason I say that is because you can look, when I was working with um, more directly with coaching business owners and their teams, you see an attack on marriages. Mm. You see an attack on their health. And you see here are these people who are trying and doing the best they can to make a difference in a community's lives. Um and they get bombarded, so to speak. And so I think that oftentimes 
the enemy will come to attack intimacy in those relationships mm-hmm. and he will um, or he'll do it in a way of tempting something when we are high stress we're often tempted in our most vulnerable positions mm-hmm. and you know tempted whether that's tempted to sin or tempted to get off track because it looks like a really great business deal and mm-hmm. it's going to make a lot of money but there's something that's just not quite right about it and so mm-hmm. i definitely think that there is spiritual warfare in the marketplace now uh, you know let, let's you gave some some great personal examples there and let's talk a bit about this issue of identity and which is key to spiritual warfare because the devil is trying to rob us of identity you know how do you think that what's the application here for the marketplace how does the enemy try to rob entrepreneurs of their identity from your perspective sure well i think if we go back to genesis Mm. when um Satan is talking with Eve. What does he do? He challenges her identity. Mm. He says, um, don't you want to be like the, don't you want to be like God? And so it put this lie into her that said, wait, you mean I'm not already like God? I'm not already living out God's plan. And so then what does she do? Well, yeah, of course I want to be like God because that's the desire of her heart and it causes her to sin. And so I think as a business owner, as a business leader, as an individual, we have to be careful that we don't forget that we are already made in the image of God. Mm. That when God has put a path on us, when our business values are in alignment, they are already in God's will. And so we can't forget that it's in God's will because then we get off track. Mm. What I love about the point you just made, what it reminds me of is sometimes we could somehow think it is it is in our success that we best reflect the will of God. Right. And as a result of that, if we're not feeling successful, if we're not moving towards how we define success, we can then feel as though we're either not worthy, God is not with us, he doesn't find us deserving, right? I'm Um, out of alignment. I'm out of alignment, Mm -hmm. and so forth and so on. But what you're saying is remembering that we're created in in his image and likeness. That is a gift he gave us. It's who we are. It doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't change that. Yes. And success or failure in business doesn't change that. Right. Now, the the question here now is, all right, give me some, obviously you can't maybe get into specific, but what are some... Uh, examples of some of either teachers, students, or circumstances you might find that you've, that you've seen happen um, in the marketplace in terms of how some folks have dealt with spiritual warfare or have faced it. Uh, let me give you a scenario. So I have a client that early this year, actually, they had a, a physical ailment. They had to do surgery. And um, on their on, on on their leg, I believe. And as they had the surgery, they then had to take a period of recovery. And as part of recovery, um, they had to take uh, different drugs uh, to to for the pain painkillers. And this client has a history drug of drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And so as they were and and as they were having to rely on drugs just to numb the pain. And as they went longer than, than, than I hope it would have, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things they share with me, Patrice, one of my struggles was reminding myself that I'm not a junkie. Yes. I'm not an addict. Now, something that for you and I, 
it would be a no-brainer. I mean, of course, we take painkillers for as long as necessary, mm -hmm. right, so that we can get over this. But for him, because of his past, the enemy began to tell him that his, he was over-relying upon it and that it was because he was a druggie. Mm -hmm. By the way, he's not okay. had drugs in like over 10 or more years, mm -hmm. but yet, probably even 15, 20 years, but yet that was his reality. Now, and so his recovery was a bit delayed. His business also went through harsher during that moment. He had to persevere. And there were moments where him and I would talk and, and it was clear he was fighting this, winning more than losing. Mm -hmm. But there were times where he was laid back on the canvas. Yeah. You know, so my question to you, do you see some of that as the institute director, whether students going through the class, teachers or whatever, where they face these kind of issues where they have to press on and overcome? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's very common to different degrees. I have not seen necessarily to the degree of what you're talking about. I know, I do know people personally who have struggled with that and have gone through that as well. Um, but yes, absolutely. I think too, especially when they are wanting to become an, uh, what I have seen, a, they're wanting to become a biblical entrepreneurship instructor mm. and they take the class, they get certified. And next thing I know, there's either a All car accident, <laughs> right? Or their marriage, something's going on there or health or there's personal crisis after personal crisis. All of these things get in the way of them being able to do mm. what they were so excited about doing and mm. so passionate and so determined of what God has called them to do. And things start getting in the way of that. I have found two major occasions when it occur. One, you're right, when they're being certified teachers afterwards. But the other one is when they're finishing B3. Yes. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. literally everything, all hell breaks loose. Yes. You know, two moments. Why do you think that is? I mean, is it a coincidence, first of all? Well, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that, again, one of the tactics I think that the enemy uses, so he'll definitely attack with circumstances. And then I think busyness, too, because mm. even the BE3 class that is coming up, we have some people who have not been able to complete their business plan because circumstance after circumstance started happening when they were finished mm. or when they were trying to finish. And so I reached out to the instructor, um, Kelly and Jerome, and just asked, you know, it's going to be really important that you reach out to these students personally because they're going through some trials and this is going to be a really intense time for them. And we want to make sure that we can support them and mentor them and walk through them successfully. I love it. We're using the term BE as so everybody knows what that is. Yeah. Let's kind of educate the audience a little bit. So, when we say you're the director of the Biblical Entrepreneur Institute, what is that? Biblical Entrepreneurship is a three-part certificate that takes you through the principles, which is the mindset, the thinking, the identity, exactly what we are talking about, um, knowing where you are positioned as far as what the Lord says about business, what he says about your identity as a business owner from the Bible, and then the practice, the practices of biblical entrepreneurship, all of the tangible, the nuts and bolts of what it takes to run and operate a business day to day to the planning. So by the time you are done, you will have a succession plan thought through of a key for a your kingdom business plan. And so it's three different classes and that's what biblical entrepreneurship is. And how much time typically uh, would somebody would need to allocate to go through that? Great. I, you could definitely do it within six months to a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, the different classes. 
Now, who are the kinds of people that might be a part of that class? I mean, can I, do I need to have a business already? Does it matter? Yeah, absolutely. So stay certain industry? Great question. That's a question that we get often. And no, you do not need to have a business plan already. If you have a desire for a business that has not been um, made reality yet, this is definitely a class for you. If you are a business owner who has been in business for 20 years and you're looking at what is the next phase of business for me, for this company, for my successor, this is the class for you and bring your successor along. So it's really a class for business owners and their teams. It's definitely benefits the team to go through it as well. When I was doing executive business coaching, when I would work, do strategic planning with the entire team, that team was more invested than the teams where you're just working on one-on-one -on -one with mm -hmm. the business owner. It mm -hmm. got them emotionally involved in the vision of the company and it's mm -hmm. very powerful. So so what's the key difference though between this and a traditional business class? I mean, why would I spend the money to go through this versus a traditional class? Because you get to hear what the Bible teaches about business. So growing up in church, um, there's a lot of scriptures that were used that were based on developing character or behavior, which is good and it's truth. Some of those scriptures, God is directly talking about business. And so we need to be able to understand what does God say about business? He gives us the tools. He gives us the outline. He gives us the instruction and he's excited about business. So I think it's also being able to take this class and in BE1 realizing what I remember um, teaching BE1 and I was driving in, Lord, what do you have for this class this weekend? And the Lord says, I want them to know that I'm so excited to do business with them because mm. he's really excited to see his plan come through us and be made real on the earth. Now, let's go back to spiritual warfare. Yes. So how does biblical entrepreneurship prepare or help people through overcoming spiritual warfare? Great question. So it absolutely helps. One, I think, again, it's the mindset. What is the mindset of a biblical entrepreneurship? How do you handle crisis when it comes up? It teaches you before you jump into the crisis, before you get kind of um, discombobulated or your thinking starts to get confused because the enemy will use confusion as a tactic mm -hmm. in spiritual warfare. So before you even go there, you come and you realize we are already positioned in that place of peace. Mm -hmm. So what does this place of peace look like? What does it feel like? What does this place of victory look like? And then it's from that point that you make decisions, from that point that you move forward. Um, having a mind of a biblical entrepreneurship, what is the identity? We talked about this already. What's the identity look like as a biblical entrepreneurship? What does my lifestyle look like? What are my decisions? What is the thought process? All of those things. Do, Elizabeth, do you have some examples of anyone who have you actually have seen where biblical entrepreneurship impacted uh, in terms of either helping them with their business or their lives that yeah. you can share with us? Absolutely. So we hear um, testimonies of it being able to help with businesses both internationally and um, across the U.S., which is exciting. I think what, because it's a business class, some class, sometimes people don't realize the personal implication that it has as well. There was a couple um, in one of the classes that I taught, and she was a business owner and he was not. And I said, well, bring your husband. Mm -hmm. I said, it's really important for the both of you to take BE1 together. 
And so she said, okay, I'll bring him. And so they took the class. And at the end of the class, I followed up with her about a week later. And she said, Elizabeth, this class was amazing. It transformed our marriage. Things that I had been wanting as far as unity and intimacy, that spiritual intimacy with my husband, she said, we got in a weekend. And I've been waiting for these things for years. Wow. And so I think that's really powerful as well. Wow, wow, wow. Would you you say husband and wife, but what about children? Is it recommended for people to consider Having the children in the classes? Absolutely. Bring your children. Um, Of course, we do have the Young Biblical Entrepreneurship Program, which is um, an amazing program for youth. Um, But definitely bring your kids at home with my kids. We talk about biblical entrepreneurship, and my kids are now 10 and 14. And so it's very familiar. You know, we talk about even my son, well, mommy, are you stewarding that the right way? Your son is using these terms. Yes, he's using these terms. And he's like, well, if we do this and this, then that's going to drive the revenue. Yes, you're right. That's going to drive the revenue. Great idea. And so getting them to think about um, biblical entrepreneurship and their own ideas for business as well, I think is powerful. So, so Elizabeth, so you believe that training, specifically biblical entrepreneurship, can be a resource to help people as they seek to overcome spiritual warfare. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, do I, if, if I'm in business already and I'm experiencing some type of financial success, why do I still need to be part of this class? Because financial success is not the only type of profitability. It's not the only success. Mm-hmm. There's so many other things in saying, okay, what kind of kingdom impact can I have? What legacy do I live? And even with financial success, what am I doing with that success to really bring glory to the Lord? What is God's call on my life beyond financial success? Our identity is not determined and our business's identity is not determined by financial success. It's the impact. It's the way that we think and it's the impact that we have in the community and people around us. I love it. Now, uh, where can people take the class if they want to be part of the class? Great question. So you can um, call me or Email me at elizabeth at nehemiahproject.org, and you can take our classes online. We will always have an individual um, self-study with coaching option available to get started whenever you are ready to get started. We have group coaching classes, our cohorts available, as well as we have live classes available in different parts of the U.S. where our teachers are actively teaching. You know, Elizabeth, you've gone from grown to Christian, single parent, and now leading this um, at, at a national level, having overcome, not allowing your circumstance to define you. Uh, I mean, it, do you find that um, when you look back, and are you grateful that you didn't, the mindset, what I mean, your, what your grandparents told you, you know, how critical that was when you look back at it? Because I'm sure when you made a decision to move forward, you had no idea what the future held. I had no idea what the future held. And I look back and I do not regret anything around having my two children because I see God's call and purpose on their life. And I look back and I remember my mom, she had continued to ask over and over, why don't you come back to Oregon? Come back to Oregon. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to get healthy. And I was like, no, I'll be fine. And um, I just found out I was pregnant with my first child. And then she finally called up and she said, you know what, Elizabeth, your dad and I have a van. We rented a van. We're going to Um, come down, we're going to get you, pack up your stuff, we'll be there in a week. So I had to quickly transition, and then it was at that time, even as an adult, that I needed to surrender to the wisdom of my parents. But I look back to that, and even though I did not necessarily want to go, I knew it was the right decision. And so I think it's all along the way, 
It might not feel good in the moment, but make the right decision. Make the decision that is leading you toward the heart of God because Mm -hmm. God's heart is right there. And it's when I sin, because I remember there were times I would sin and the next day I would be in church. Lord, I do not want to do this. You have Mm -hmm. a call on my life. I don't want a part Mm -hmm. of this. Mm -hmm. And so even though it's those struggles, you had talked about the enemy um, continuing to throw things up. I have to do that. I have to say, no, that is not, that is then, that is not who I am today. Most people, when they're, they're sin, they're pulled back. Right. But you're saying pull forward. Go, draw in, pull forward, yeah. because it's that intimacy. Amen. The quicker you realize you're that's still right. positioned in his intimacy, because oh, that's another lie that I believe the enemy has, that when mm. we sin, that we're not good enough, that God mm. doesn't want anything to do with us. Mm. That is BS. That's mm. not what God has. Mm. He says, no, I want you. I love you. I still see you as my mm. baby. Mm. Let's go. And he pulls us close to his heart. So we have to be willing to do, Elizabeth, to do that. You've been good. So closing comments. So what would you say to entrepreneurs listening right now and somebody is going through right now? What was what, what closing would you say to them? That's a great question. That remember the battle that you're going through. Mm. Remember the circumstance that you're in to keep your eyes focused on the Lord and to know that you are already positioned in the victory that the God has for you mm-hmm. to rise above the circumstance and the situation to not get consumed below the circumstance or in the midst of the circumstance, but to rise above it and know that God's already got that victory for you. He's already got the solution that you need for you. So press in and you'll get through it. I love it. You're listening to the biblical and Mark Lopez series. We're talking about spiritual warfare with Elizabeth Diane. And we're talking about how to overcome it through training, specifically the biblical entrepreneurship training. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Look forward to having you back. Thank you. That was a good talk. Thank you for using, letting us use your life as a, as a, uh, as an exhibit to show people how, what overcoming looks like. You got to always have seen an example. Yes. Follow Elizabeth. Elizabeth, she follows Christ. I like that. Well, you can subscribe to our podcast by visiting our website, www.nehemiahproject.org, so that you can be in tune with um, all the future series that we're going to have going here. My um, prayer for you is this. May God give you the grace, favor to build that kingdom company so that one day you can hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Now, next week, we're going to continue the discussion on spiritual warfare I'm going to bring in studio two of my good friends, Scott Landis and Deborah Schlock. We're going to talk about uh, spiritual warfare, how they themselves have experienced it, and how coaching can help you overcome spiritual warfare. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. We're glad you could join us. If you'd like more information or other resources, please visit our website, www dot nehemiahproject.org. God bless.